Ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Okay, Coach, it's another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. And again, we welcome in a familiar guest, another former football player, and a guy who's been doing some really cool things, especially lately with a company called Orange Theory. Our guest is Mark Molina tonight, Coach. Are you excited as I am? Oh, it's great. Uh, you know, Mark's, uh, you know, someone who's two years ahead of me at West and uh, someone I looked up to, and I'm still, you know, close friends uh, with him today. He's, he's had an incredible uh, career post West, uh, and, uh, really, really done some neat things. Uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, just, you know, his, his professional path is a testament to, you know, the value of a liberal arts education and, 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 you know, how it prepares you for the real world after Wesley. And so, um, if you don't know Mark's story, uh, stay on and listen to this because, uh, he, he, he's done some amazing things. Yeah, we got to hang out with Mark a couple of years back doing some Wesleyan football broadcasts, and uh, he's a great guy, and he's done some awesome things. We're going to tell you all about those, but before we do that, we've got to bring in the guy behind the guy, behind the guy. That's right, Mike O'Brien. Let everyone know that they can be part of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. You can stay connected with the podcast by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Wes underscore athletics, and on Facebook, at Wesleyan.athletics. You can also find Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score on Apple Podcasts, and you can contact us directly by emailing athletics at wesleyan.edu. You can also connect me per connect to me personally on Twitter if you'd like at chrisgrace82. Coach does not have Twitter, but if you've got anything to say to Coach, say it to me, and I'll let you know if he's going to want to hear about it or not. <laughs> but for now, it's time to catch up with our guest, class of 1981, former Wesleyan football player, and a friend to coach and many more, Mark Molina. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box. Score as always, joined by the coach, Mike Whalen, and our esteemed producer, Mike O'Brien. Tonight, our guest class of 1981, another former Wesleyan football player and someone that the coach knows better than most. He is Mark Molina. Mark, what's happening? Thank you being on our podcast hey chris hey mike hey guys uh, it's an honor to be here thanks for the invitation appreciate it great to see you great to see you mark and uh for those of uh, our listeners that uh uh you know that have listened to uh chris and i on the uh, football webcast you know that mark has made some guest appearance as our uh, as our color guy for uh, some home games and and we're we're excited to have him on tonight my agent called me off of that show, as you know, um, <laughs> because I wasn't getting paid enough. But, you know, thanks for, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> that's that's funny, Mark. I have a similar story with it. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, no, but in all seriousness, Mark, so what we do every week on this show um, is we want to know from everyone, first and foremost, how did you end up at Wesley and how did you become a Cardinal? How did you make your way to Middletown? Yeah, well, that's an interesting story. I mean, I, I didn't really, I grew up in Naugatuck, Connecticut, which is in the heart of America's Valley, blue collar town, um, sort of 
you know, blue collar um, economics. I didn't really even know about Westland um, at all until I went to uh, Walter Camp award dinner uh, in New Haven one night, my senior year. Um, and Coach Mack approached me uh, and asked me if I'd be interested in applying. I found out more about the school and applied and the rest was history. Um, so it was very fortuitous that he was there. And um, always, always remember that night. Not, not a lot of greyhounds to Wesley. You had to be one of the first ones. I think you're right. There was, there was one, Mike, the guy from Torrington. What was his name? Defensive lineman? Chris somebody? Oh, yeah, Chris Petricone? Petricone, yeah. He was, yeah. He was from the, same, the NVL, the black and blue NVL, right? <laughs> but he, he was there. But yeah, Chris, you're right. There's not a lot of Valley kids that go there, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I actually covered the NVL back in the day for hoops, so I'm I'm well well versed with the Valley and everything that it that it possesses. Some great high school football tradition there. That's Sonia and Naugatuck. I mean, they've been doing it for for a long time. So you make your way to Wesleyan, um, and and you you come on campus and you come to play football. So talk about your you know the entirety if you could talk about your football experience, what it was like, you know, suiting up for the Cardinals. It was a great experience. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing better than NESCAC football, you know, NESCAC sports. Um, back then, um, our football program wasn't as quite as esteemed as it is now. I mean, uh, Mike Whalen has done, a, not to blow smoke here, but he's done a great job of, of rebuilding the historical tradition of the old days of, of Wesleyan football. But back then, you know, um, we, were, we were like four and four, five and four, you know, mediocre seasons. But it was fun. I mean, there's there's nothing better than, um, you know, getting on that football field on a Friday night um, with nobody in the stands and Coach Mack would play music loudly and the, the grass would be freshly cut. And, um, you know, it was it was awesome. It was a great experience. And I couldn't have played it at a higher level. So I was right where I where I needed to be. And, and there's no question, Mark, you know, I remember those Friday practices as well. We used to have the O-line, D-line, touch football games and, uh, you know, and then Mac, you know, you know, and this was, this was the Friday walkthrough, Chris. We didn't play any Friday night games. No, I know. I, I got, I got that. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, you know, everyone loved, you know, the fact that, um, you know, Mac was going to blare music in the center of campus, you know, at uh, 430 or, you know, the start of, start of a Friday walkthrough practice. And, and uh, you know, Mark, talk about, you know, talk about just the, the whole, setting of Andrews Field and Corwin Stadium and having that opportunity to play smack in the, in the center of campus and, 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 you know, how that stacks up to, you know, other venues that we visited. Yeah, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the, the oldest football field in the country, collegiate football field in the country that's been in continuous use. Is that right? That is correct. And all right. divisions, all divisions. All divisions. And it's, it's an amazing setting because you have these iconic you know, um, buildings all around you and um, right in the center of campus. Um, just beautiful, beautiful setting. Of course, on Saturdays, you know, back then we'd have maybe 20, 30 people in the stands. <laughs> Students would walk by on their way to the library and they might stop for a couple of plays. But, you know, we were we were on our own except for the parents. And um, yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. Now, now you, you got to get there early to get a tailgate spot, right? Dude, now you got Friday night games. You got, you, I mean, you got Saturday night games, games. The Saturday night like games and um, packed, packed stands. Now it's a I mean, tailgating. It's, it's, it's legit now. 
so so mark talk about you know before we wrap up your your playing days um talk about you, you mentioned that you know you guys weren't as successful as the cardinals are right now when you were there but talk about you know your lasting memory of the football program what what's the one saturday that you most remember what's the, what's your best overall experience you know as a cardinal that you you know when you're you sit up at night and you have a couple of cold ones and you think you know i wish i could go back to this moment well, you always remember Amherst, Williams, and Trinity. Um, and for me, especially Trinity, because I had friends who were playing there at the time. And, um, you know, we had some, some knockdown drag out games with those guys. Um, I think we only beat Trinity once or twice during my four years. But I think my junior year, we beat them there. And uh, you were, wait, Wells, you were three years behind me or two? Two. Yeah. So you were there that your freshman year, yep. we beat them up there. Yep. And uh, it's probably my best game blocked. Up. It was a great, it was a great game. And um, I'll always remember that game, but you know, Amherst win little three. Um, th those games are special for sure. Yeah, I always remembered as a kid, you know, who I didn't go to Wesleyan, but uh, I had a good friend whose older brother played quarterback at Trinity. So I, I was exposed to that at a, at a young age, you know, kind of from the outside with really no knowledge of, you know, I knew like Penn State and I knew, you know, Boston College and Syracuse. And I was exposed to that. And I went to a Trinity Wesley. I was like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Like, you know, as a young kid, I was like, well, this is great. I mean, you know, people are lining the, the stands and I had no concept of, you know, I was like eight. I had no concept of where Middletown or Hartford was from, you know, from anywhere else, but just realized how special that was. And I always thought, obviously Trinity and Wesleyan are rivals in every sport and the little three gets a lot of the, the talk, but Trinity Wesleyan football is a little different beast. I mean, it's a different game than, than some of the other sports when those two get together. It, it is. It's right up the road. Um, invariably, you know, people know a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, players up there. Um, they've had some good success in the past until recent past against, against Wesleyan. And um, I don't know, there's something about Trinity that I always felt very, very deeply, you know, um, and those games I'll always remember. And it's funny because I went to end up going to Michigan Law School and um, you, you go to, you know, the first game I went into in Ann Arbor, 110,000 people <laughs> in the stadium, in the stadium, uh, crazy um, student involvement, and you couldn't get a bigger contrast, but, you know, the Wesleyan experience was just more intimate and, and, and special, you know, for me. And, um, um, uh, I always, I always look back on it fondly. Mark, you also know that, you know, we're officially one and oh against Michigan Wesleyan. Right. One and oh against Michigan. Right. You have that ball in the, in the, in the lobby of the balls in the trophy case. Yep. Yeah. The balls yeah. In the trophy Highlighted. Case. So we have proof. We have proof. Wesleyan is one and oh, we've only played them once and right. we're one and oh, and that's the way, that's the way it's going to stay. That's Probably the only team. only team in the country that's got a, a winning record against them. <laughs> I don't know. Ohio, Ohio State, State hasn't lost yeah. over the last fifteen years, but yeah. other than that, I hear you're sorry, you're, you're breaking up, Chris. I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, not, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's good to be, you know, one of the more consistent programs that wins everything except for the most important game. There's nothing wrong with that, Mark. Oh man, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, no, I kid. I don't like Ohio State either. Um, so, Mark, so you, you brought up that you went to law school. So you finish up at Wesleyan. Um, but before we – you know what? I'm going to go here now. 
I yeah. want, I know you and coach share some similarities. So I yeah. want you to tell me what's your favorite, uh, you know, Wales is a little younger than you. So I want to know what your favorite story, uh, either edited or unedited story uh, that you can tell me right now on the air about coach before we shift into what you did after you left Wales. Well, well, Wales PG a year, didn't he? Or did you take a year off or something? Yeah. No, I PG a year after high school. Yep. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he came in as the proverbial and actual big man on campus, you know, his freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he was a force to be reckoned with from day one. But there's there's a lot of stories, probably can't repeat some of them, but um, let me see. I remember the sophomore uh, room you had with Steve Sorkin. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there were some there were some big nights in that in that, <laughs> in that double. And uh, also, I remember. I didn't. I give you the little three uh, banners. You did when I left. You so there did? was a there was a big tradition, Chris, at at the fraternity that we were in. We had the little three banners: Williams, Amherst, and Wesleyan. And I think you get them when you're a sophomore. It's a big honor to get get them. I, I received them when I was a sophomore, and then as a senior, you have to hand them down to to you know a special special person. And I gave those to to Wells. Uh, when he was a sophomore, so uh, that was that was definitely one of one of my highlights. And and so Mark was a, a senior, and he lived upstairs on the third floor because that was all only seniors. And then I lived I li actually lived with Kevin Sar. Sork lived right next to us, um, and uh, but we were we were on the on the second floor, and um, that was by far for us the sophomores. That senior class was such a great group of of people. They were just such quality people, Mark being one of them, but, but many of them were, were really great role models, people that we looked up to. And, and um, you know, really, I, I, I mean, I look back on that year, just, you know, how close our sophomore class was with that senior class. And I think that just, you know, kind of speaks volumes in terms of, you know, the, the you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a hierarchy where the, the, you know, the, the upper class, you know, the seniors looked down on you and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. It was, it was, they were more mentors for you, even though they probably didn't know they were mentors at that point, but um, it was, it was, you know, it was special. It was special. And, and, and Mark ran the, uh, ran the dining, what we called the steward, which was he ran the, the eating club for, for our fraternity. And uh, again, he and I basically got to be good friends and, you know, he kind of taught me the ropes. So then when he, when he left, I took it over that next year and, uh, and it was it was really a great experience, and um, but I mean it was just a lot of uh, I just remember fondly, uh, you know, just thinking back on on, on Mark's senior class and what a, just a great group of guys they they were. You know, Coach, both of you guys coming from you know blue collar towns, you know, Enfield and, and Naugatuck, you, you must have you know kind of felt that bond with Mark right away. I would imagine. Yeah, no, there's no question. I think Mark's point earlier is, um, you know, as growing up in Connecticut and. Uh, you know, there, there, you know, every year there would be some Connecticut kids that would come to West and, and, uh, you know, certainly the, um, you know, the Valley back then was, you know, as good of football as anywhere in the state where Mark came from. And, and, uh, you know, our league, our, our league was, 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 was kind of emerging, was kind of up and coming. Um, and then, you know, you obviously had the, the, uh, you know, the Gold Coast down there with, you know, with, uh, New Canaan and. Darian and you know those schools that also had some really top programs as well so uh, but every year you know you, you there'd be kids that would come in and you know either you played against them sometimes or you knew of them or 
you know, they were on some postseason team or, you know, those, those kinds of things. And, you know, I had the extra year because I did the PG year at Loomis. So I not only had the public school kids, you know, I also had the prep school kids that I played against that also ended up in the league as well. So, Mark, so you leave Wesleyan, you know, after you talk glowingly about your experience. And I, I know because you still come back, it, may, it means a lot to you. Um, and then and then you decide you're going to go to law school. So uh, t- talk me through that. How, how does how does one make that leap as someone who is not capable of making that leap personally? Explain to me how you were able to make that leap. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I kind of always did want to go to law school um, throughout my my college career. But a lot of kids were applying to law school. You know, I, I wanted to take a year off just to make sure that it was what I wanted and not something that just was the thing to do. You know what I mean? So I took a year off between Wesleyan and, and law school and studied for the LSATs, took the LSATs um, and took a job. Well, got into law school, right? Um, I think Feb- February of that year. And before that, I had worked for six months as a bartender in new haven at a place called toad's place i love toad's place <laughs> um which i don't know wills if you ever visited maybe but yes yes i did visit fantastic yeah, first lot, concert lot of, i ever went to was at toad's place true story a lot, lot of the boys would walk in and, and surprise me and visit me there and um that that was a lot of fun but i bartended for like six or seven months got into law school which was a big relief and then i went to, to europe for you know i think four months traveling around europe backpacking um, checking out a part of the world that I never thought I'd get to see. And then I went to law school. So that, that was that year. That was my first job after, after law school was a bartender at Toad's Place. <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a sweet, if you're going to bartend, you know, that is as good as it gets. You get awesome bands in there all the time. <laughs> I mean, the best bands ever have been to Toad's Place. I mean, literally it is a. Not to mention, I, I do believe that, you know, not, not that I was ever there, but I do believe one night a week they had quarter drafts or something along those lines. Or right, <laughs> the quarter yeah. thing resurfaces. Yes, yes. No, but to your point, Chris, I saw I saw the boss there. I saw U two. I saw early REM. I saw some amazing yeah. bands there back in the day. For, forever. It has been a mainstay of if you're young and up and coming, you know, right before you blow up, blow up. A lot of times they've already have a little bit, but you you get those bands there. It's a you know, probably what, like 800, a thousand people, those kind of, those kind right. of crowds and exactly. just awesome. Yeah. And the stage is right there. They're right on top of the crowd. It's, it was a special place. That's awesome. Um, so, so you, you go to law school, you decide you're going to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan for law school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you already talked about it a little bit, but kind of elaborate on, you know, you go from a school with what, 3,000 students counting grad students to a school with 40,000 students? What was that like, being in that atmosphere? It was, it was fantastic. Um, I, I, you know, those, those were three of the best years of my life, actually. Um, a lot of my friends who became lawyers and, and my, my friends now who are still lawyers hated law school. I absolutely loved it. I went, I went to every basketball game, every football game. And the law school is like a separate part of the campus. It's in the center of campus, but it's got a, a separate quadrangle and all your classes are there and you can live there. I lived there my freshman year. You can walk to the football stadium from there. Um, Ann Arbor's a cool town and, and Michigan is, is actually a great university. So I, I really had a great experience there. So you, you, you obviously graduate from Michigan and then you go into law. Right. Right. So now how long did you practice law? 
Well, I practiced law in, in private firm setting uh, in New York City at a, a very big firm for like four and a half years. Um, one, one of those years was in Australia. They sent me down to Australia for a year. And then um, I, you know, I was, you know th those jobs, you know, you're working 80 hours a week, you're, you're killing yourself. You're getting great experience, right? Um, and, and getting taught by great lawyers, but it's, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. You got to grind there. And it's not something that I, I wanted to do forever. So when I got back from Australia, I went out to the Silicon Valley and went in what's called in-house. You're not at a, at a firm anymore. You're working for a company. And I became general counsel of a, of a tech company out there that I ended up staying with for uh, close to 15, 16 years that just kept growing by acquisition, stapling on you know other technology companies, um, selling some, buying more, and eventually you know through mergers and acquisitions left the the you know san francisco area ended up in minnesota for a few years and then ended up back in connecticut and then uh so for our listeners who don't know talk about uh you know after you know you 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 do corporate law and then you decide you know you're going to shut it down and, and try something completely out of the blue so tell everyone what you know what you do right now what you're involved with right now yeah so in in like 2013 we had a big a big exit event right um uh, a french aerospace company bought our company for um you know a lot of money and fortunately for me i had a lot of equity in, in that company because i'd been with it for so long and suddenly I found myself in a position where I didn't have to do that anymore. And I didn't really want to do it anymore. So um, I started looking for something else to do. Um, I tried to retire, you know, completely for, for a while, but retirement is overrated. You know, I sort of go crazy a little bit. <laughs> so um, I ended up investing in a company called Orange Theory Fitness, which was just getting off the ground back then. I had a, a lawyer friend in Denver who um, had become a member of, of Orange Theory Fitness in Denver and called me out to check it out because she knew I was looking to buy a business or two um, that was bite-sized and I didn't need a lot of other money for. I could do it by myself, manage it by myself and something that I wanted to do. And I've always been a fitness guy. So went out, checked it out, um, talked to the owner of that studio for like an hour and a half after my workout. And the next day I was on a plane down to uh, Florida where the headquarters was and talked to them down there and, and made the investment very quickly. And I think I was number 258 studios and there's, there's probably close to 2000 now. It just took off like a rocket ship and it was totally lucky on my part and fortuitous. But um, that, that's one of the things that, that I've learned in, in business and in life is that, you, you know, sometimes you, you, get, you get presented with an opportunity and you think it through, you do your analysis and you pull the trigger if it, if it feels good, you know, there's, there's no, there's, there's no answers to the, to every test, but if it feels right and you do the work, you go for it. And usually it pays off. So in 2013, you said you did this. Yeah, no, I, I bought first in 2000. I, re, I retired from law in 2013, mm -hmm. bought my first orange theory studio 2014. It was the first one in Connecticut. Right. So where and, was the first one located in Fairfield, Connecticut? Okay, and now how many of them do you have and, 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 and where are they all? I've got four in, yep. in Connecticut, Fairfield County, uh, Norwalk, Westport, uh, Fairfield, and Shelton. Okay, and, and again, you know, not to play the, the role of, of the ignorant person, but 
for those who, who don't know, explain what orange theory is. I mean, like when my dad listens, he's not going to know what orange theory is. I don't know if coach coach will probably knows just de facto. Cause you know, you guys are buddies, but you know, oh, coach has no idea what it is. Coach doesn't. Coach just thinks that, <laughs> coach thinks that there's like orange wedges in a room. Right. You know, like you played a soccer game, and right. I, all's I all's I've heard is you sweat a lot, and then they give you some something orange to drink after. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Now it's it's a it's like a high end uh, boutique fitness. It's group classes, heart rate based. So it's an hour workout. Um, you, you do a mix of 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 cardio and weights and floor floor work rowing treadmills, um, some weights, but not heavy weight. The focus is on uh, lean muscle build and fat burn. It's kind yeah. of like an alternative to CrossFit, right? Like, I mean, it's a different, it's, it's, it's what CrossFit is to getting unusually strong shoulders. Orange Theory is to just trying to get super fit, basically. Super fit, yeah. And, you know, I did CrossFit for a number of years, but I kept getting hurt. It's, 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 you know, super dangerous, weight, man. Super, it's heavyweight, awkward movements. And depending on where you go, there's not a lot of quality control. You go to five different studios and have five different levels of coaching and experiences. But, you know, Orange Theory's done a great job of building their brand and building the quality control across the country and internationally now as well. So great results uh, for people. It keeps them coming back. It's low impact, but high results. And anybody out there who lives in Fairfield County, you know, you should really check it out if you haven't heard of it. Mike Whalen, you know, you should come down sometime and check it out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may do that. I may take you up on that. Actually, I actually have a friend who owns uh, West Hartford and uh, Manchester and a couple of those studios up there. No, well, West Hartford's West Hartford's just down the road for me. So if you got the hookup, you know, let me know. Yeah, Chris, I, I got you, man. I got you for sure. <laughs> I, I know someone. I know someone. Yeah. Um, so, so here's my question, really. So, you know, all of these, you know, like you said, boutique um, fitness studios, whether it's Orange Theory, there's a bunch of other ones I'm not going to name because I'm not going to name some of your competition, but whether it's spinning or it's, you know, like the Orange Theory model, then what happened to everybody else? It happened to me. It happened to Coach. It's happened to so many other people basically March of 2020 happens. Right. Right. And it's one thing, it's bad enough. If you've got a, if you've got a huge gym space and you're trying to figure out how you, you're going to lose numbers, but when you're already set up to be small, what happened to orange theory? Tell me about, you know, in as much detail as you can, how you guys handled that and, and how you're handling it now, I guess would be my, my biggest question. Cause orange theories are small by nature. They're small areas. And, and, you know, the smaller you are, the, you know, when you got to be six feet apart, that's going to immediately kill your bottom line, I would imagine. Right. Now, that's a very fair question. It's a good question, actually. Um, so before COVID came, uh, our, our studios were enormously successful. I yep. mean, uh, you know, we, we fortunately had a lot of a lot of room for error, you know, by the time COVID hit and and a lot of a lot of a uh, lot, lot of runway financially. Um, COVID came, it knocked everybody on their butt. Right. I mean, no matter what business you're in or, or um, you know, where you live, it affected everyone. So we ended up shutting down for three months, um, which was painful. It's been, it's been a painful year in a lot of ways. But then I think we opened up when Lamont opened up everything again, we opened up a 25% capacity. And then in maybe June or whatever, we opened up at 50% capacity. And now with the vaccinations coming out and 
proliferating a little bit, you can see and feel it coming back. You know, I think, um, you know, my, my attitude through all this was like, just be the last man standing, you know, when, when this clears up and it will eventually, you know, be there, be healthy, have, have your, your best people still there and be ready to clean up because, you know, a lot of the competition has faded away, unfortunately for them, uh, through the, through the past, you know, 12 months. Um, and I have to, you know, I have to say too the, the PPP stuff, you know, the, the paycheck protection program was, was ended up being very, very helpful. I mean, when it first came out, it was, it, it was a, a shit show trying to get those, those loans, you know, but we, you know, we got them and now there's a second round and it's been very, very helpful to keep people employed, help pay the rent. Um, and you know, there's some renegotiation of bank loans and, um, and, and leases and all that stuff, which my legal background really helped with, but overall, you know, no complaints. I mean, people have suffered enormously through this thing personally and, and, and business wise. And, uh, you know, I really can't complain and, and I can see, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. And hopefully it's not a train. Right. And, and, you know, since, since people have been, uh, you know, kind of locked up, cooped up, all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I'd imagine that, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of um, hesitancy, you know, people kind of, you know, <laughs> feeling their way back into things and those kinds of things. But as you say, I, the vaccines are obviously helping, but, you know, I just know, I know from, you know, being at less and with our, with our students is, uh, you know, the, 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 the kids, they, they want to be active, you know, people want to be active. It's just, you know, it's especially after you've been denied it for a while. So, so, um, you know, is, is, are you seeing that? Are you seeing people coming back, you know, you know, kind of enthusiastic and ready to go? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's getting better and better. There were some people diehards who came back right away and, you know, we've done a great job of <clears throat> keeping things safe and sanitizing and, keeping people distant. And so people came back right away, but others, you know, have, have waited and they're still waiting to, to make sure it's really safe before they, before they come back. But, you know, I, I, to your point, Wales, I mean, the, the poor student athletes, you know, at Wesleyan and, and other schools, I mean, those, those seniors, I mean, that, that's gotta be devastating for, for, for them and their families. And what's going on with that right now? Yeah, so we're we're um, we're hoping, you know, as we speak right now, that um, uh, you know we're going to be able to play some spring sports here, which will be great for our spring athletes, so they don't have to miss two full seasons, you know, half their their uh, their college career. Uh, it's going to be abbreviated. It's going to be only NESCAC. We're taking all measures of, of precaution. We're going to do, uh, in, in addition to the you know twice a week PCR testing, that uh, our uh, our entire student body, faculty, staff, everybody is doing. Um, we're going to add a third day of, you know, rapid uh, antigen test uh, that both teams are going to do the morning of competition. You know, ev everything is going to be day of, no, no overnights, no hotels, uh, no stopping for, for meals along the way. Um, you, know, you know, we've, as ADs, we've worked on these protocols for six months, hoping that we'd have the opportunity to implement them in the spring. So hopefully, knock on wood, uh, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some Wesleyan sports this spring. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep. So, so, so let me, let, yeah. So, so Mark, the one, you know, one question I have is, is, um, you know, is, is just talk a little bit more about the pivot, you know, in terms of, 
you know, I mean, you, you kind of made it sound so seamless in terms of, Hey, you know, you have a, you know, a 20 year law career and it's successful and those kinds of things. And then all of a sudden it's okay. I'm going to completely shift gears and, you know, go over here and, 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 and start my own business. Um, you know, I, you know, just to kind of elaborate on that a little bit and kind of what went into those decisions. Yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of seamless though. I mean, it was, it was, it was not a, for me, it wasn't a big pivot because what I did throughout my legal career was I was a business lawyer. You know, I was a technology advisor, but tons of mergers and acquisitions, tons of, you know, uh, business advice, boardroom advice, you know, big businesses, small businesses. And I, you know, so I, so I'm a business lawyer and, and, you know, I wanted to operate my own business. Fitness was, 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 a was a, was a thing that I gravitated to. Um, I was done with law psychologically, emotionally. I was, I was definitely fried after that run. Um, I think we bought uh, 20 or 22 companies in my last four and a half years, wow. you know, public companies, private companies. We were a New York stock exchange company, it, you know, patent litigation, um, you know, shareholder litigation. And then as the, as the chief legal officer, you know, you're at the tip of the spear on all that stuff. And um, so it was, it was exhausting. I was ready to go. There was no look back. There's never been a look back on that. Um, I got lucky with Orange Theory. I found it. Uh, I checked it out. And going back to what I said earlier, I did my homework quickly. I, I could see, you know, that the train was leaving the station. And I didn't want to say, well, I should have done that. And I did it. And I uh, think things worked out pretty well. But the transition from law to owning my own businesses was not a was not a big thing at all at, at all for me and, and i'm grateful that i had the opportunity to do it mark if you could pivot from that you know we we ask everyone the same question but you, you kind of maybe answered it already explain how the the liberal arts education at wesleyan has kind of shaped you and the different things that you've done with your career you know talk about the benefits of of, of the liberal arts education and kind of how it's shaped you and, and all the different things that you've done yeah, I mean, it's it's a little cliche, but it, I think it's true. I mean, liberal arts education um, really teaches you like more how to think rather than sort of what to think. And it doesn't prepare you for any specific discipline. And, uh, you know, I, we, you know we, we didn't go to engineering school. We didn't go to business school. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do any of that, but we went to a high level academic school. And um, the other thing about Westland is, is the people around you. You know, I mean, it, it's it's not only in the classroom, but out of the classroom that shapes you there. So I don't know if that answers your question. It but. does. It does, yeah. it does answer the question. Coach. Yeah. And and just along those lines, Mark, uh, you know, we also kind of say, hey, you know, if, if you were going to, because we have a lot of our students, uh, uh, surprisingly, I think it's because of Chris, you know, all the <laughs> un, all the undergrads are, you know, listening to these uh, to these podcasts and um you know, so we always ask our our uh, our guests to just, you know, if you were going to give Mark Molina, you know, back in 1979 or 80, some advice, you know, what would that advice be? What advice to, you know, students or student athletes uh, at Wesleyan today? You, you broke up a, a little bit on me, but you're saying if I had to give Mark Molina from 1981 advice, what would it be? Yeah, from yeah. 19, you know, either, you know, you know, current students, you know, at, at Wesleyan now, you know, um, what, what, what would you, what, you know, what would you say? What would be some, 
some some advice or some words of wisdom you would pass on to them? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I think I would say believe in yourself, work hard, um, explore. I mean, Wesleyan is, you know, even for your student athletes, Wesleyan is more than just the sport that they play. It's you know, it's a small school, but it's so diverse, and there's there's so many interesting people who go there. So explore, take on challenges, and and take some risk, and and believe in yourself. I mean, there's no roadmap to success. It's, it's, uh, you know, it comes through hard work and exploration and, and belief. And, um, you know, I, that, I guess that's what I would say. And then, you know, the other thing I think is, is, um, you know, with, with our, you know, Wesleyan athletics advantage, a plus program, the mentoring program we have where so many of our alums, uh, you know, come and, and, uh, provide advice for, for our students. The big piece they say is, uh, you know, to, to, and I know from my own son's perspective, who's, who's just, uh, you know, three, four years out of college is, um, you know, your first job is not going to be your whole career. Right. Right. It, it, it's your first, your, your first job is a starting point. You know? Right. So, you know, kind of, kind of just, just kind of elaborate on that a little bit, Mark. Well, well, thank God my, my first job wasn't my only job because I, I would hate to still be bartending at Toads. You know? <laughs> but I remember, by the, not to get off topic here, but I remember seeing uh, your son in the state championship at, at Xavier. Um, yeah. Went to that game. He had a tremendous game. And then he went on to a great career at, at Brown. So um, it's good to hear that he's doing well. Yeah, I think that's that's right. I mean, you, you know, you you have some starts and stops in in, in life. and um you know find something that you love to do and and work hard at it and uh you know you, you can change your mind too you know you can change your mind along the way uh, there's there's no there's no roadmap you, you just gotta you just gotta believe in yourself and, and keep keep going keep keep working hard and stay true to yourself and and uh the, the rest will will happen i mean good no 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 i was gonna i was gonna say that's that's a. Uh... You know that's a, a perfect way to put it. I was gonna, I was gonna say it's almost time that we put you to the test. But can, can finish your point. I, I wasn't, I wasn't. No, I was gonna say I remember when 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 uh, the Miss Frank DeSissi athletic director was coaching at um, was it Lafayette maybe? Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day, that was one of the stops. That was one. There was a few stops, right? Oh, there was a few stops. Few stops but, along the way. But you, you, you had your passion for what you wanted to do. You knew what you wanted to do. And there, there were some, you know, there were some things you had to, to check off the list. And I think it's like that with anything, you know, find your passion, go for it, you, you know, put, pay your dues, work hard and, and things will, things will happen for you. Agreed. But you got to get, uh, Chris, you got to get paid though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I literally, Mark, I, I literally know what you mean. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, he's going to be renegotiating his contract. I can see that coming. Hey, Chris, exactly. if you need a lawyer, you know, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. We will talk soon, my friend. We will talk soon. First things first. I'm kidding. I kid. Everyone is great to me. Uh, first things first. So before we do that, we got to put you through what we do every week. Mark, it's, it's called the gauntlet. It's 10 questions. Coach and I are going to bounce back and forth. We just really want you to just throw out the first thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to think too deeply about this. You don't have to elaborate too long unless you want to um they're just going to be wesleyan based questions and uh really you know it's, it's going to be a fun time so if you're good to go then we're good to go you let me know 
Yeah, that that sounds um, that sounds challenging, but I'm I'm ready. For no, it. it's not that challenging. Coach could do it. You could do it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, you set it off. All right, I'll I'll take it off the top, and and I'm 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 going to say that I can eighty percent guarantee the answer to this first question because I I do remember uh, Mr. Molina having a fond relationship with a professor at Wesleyan. So who is your favorite professor at Wesleyan? Well, I would say William Wallace, Willie Wallace, or, or, or Clarence Wallace. Ah, I was right. I was right. Well, I mean, we could have just gone All full right. date. Coach, if, if I knew we, we were going to do this, I would have gone dating game and gotten you each a piece of paper. <laughs> Gonna held it up in the air and see if yeah. you guys really knew each other this well. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Okay, Mark, who's the most influential person in your life? Oh, that's that's my mother for sure. So uh, you know, sing, single parent, grow up with her. She was both my mom and my dad. She's the best man at my wedding. I mean, definitely my mother. Sweet. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So you you told us what your first job was after graduating from West. So what was the best summer job you ever had? Uh, while you were in college? You know, I, I had some great jobs during college. I worked on an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico. I worked out in the um, Aleutian Islands one summer. So I would say it's a tie between the two. Um, wow. Fun jobs, adventurous jobs, paid a ton of money. Um, so yeah, memorable, definitely. I was working at Long Lane Detention Center and you were out on some oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, know, story, that's a story of my life right there. That's the story I, of my life. I mean, probably some of the guys that I worked up work, worked with on the oil rig probably ended up there. So, <laughs> oh my God, Mark, you got to cheer. You got to cheer for one. Who's it going to be, Williams or Amherst? I'd say Williams. I guess reluctantly. Okay. Just because Whalen built that program up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not so much. Uh, when you were five years old, what'd you want to be when you grew up? You know, I don't, I remember the first thing I wanted to be, I don't know if I was five, uh, it might've been a little younger, but I wanted to be a garbage man. Sweet. Me too. <laughs> because they seem to be having so much fun. You know, right. Hanging off crash. the back of the truck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, that, that's a great question. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Good answer. What's, what's the best piece of advice you've received in your life? It, it was, uh, it was to never say, never be in a position where you say I, I should have done that. Or I, 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 you know, I wish I had done that. You know, you gotta, you gotta take some risks sometimes. And if you do your homework and you believe in something, go for it. Cause you don't want to look back at the end and say, well, I remember when I wanted to do this and I should have done it. You know what I mean? So that was good advice. And, and you followed it to the fullest. Um, in three except, words. For, except for this, except for this uh, podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in three words, describe your West experience. Mm. Challenging, illuminating, and rewarding. Great job. What do you miss most about Wesleyan? You know, 
that's a tough question because I'm there. I, I've been back so much, and you know, especially since since Mike has come back. Um, and and your and your son, your son. My son, my son just graduated 2020. So, you know, over the last four five years, I mean, I've been there a lot. Not not just for to support you know the the, the athletic program and football, but to to with my son up there, dinner and lunch and his stuff. Um, well, so I actually went to his Japanese gamelan concert his senior year. Um, uh, you know, of course. How, how did it, how did it compare to our concert? It wasn't as good. No, no way, no, no way, but, no way. There was there was a little bit of talent in that class, but not, <laughs> not like back in the day. No, but I I, I don't know. I, I dismissed. Um, you know, it's a special place, and you know whether it's on the on the football field or you know taking a a history class. I mean, it's it's full of interesting people, professors, and and um, I, I just, you know, it, it's a great place. That, what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. What, what's the best Wesleyan highlight, in your opinion, from the last 20 years? Can be anything. Oh, I remember the, when, when you came back, we won the Little Three Championship for the first time. Remember that? Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and, I remember that. Um, you know, I think the resurgence in the athletic program has been, has been, um, not, not just for me, but for a lot of alumni, it's been, uh, it's been great to see and to support, um, and, you know, to, to be a part of, even, even if it remotely, I, I do remember, you know, outshining you a little bit in the, in the play by pay, play booth and, and <laughs> sort of regret that a little bit, but, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not really a I mean, highlight. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is holding his, his tongue on that one. <laughs> I'm just here, man. I'm just here. You know, I just call the plays that are in front of me. I leave it. I leave it up to other people to describe the action, babe. I just call the plays. There you go. That's, there all, you that's go. all I do. Um, okay. This is the last one. And then you are done. Who is the Wes alum that you would most like to enjoy a dinner with? Wow. That is, it's, that's a hard question. Um, I'd say my son, but I'm having dinner with him for his birthday next week. So can't say that. I would say, I don't know. Can I throw a lifeline out there? Any, anybody, anybody from back in the day that you haven't seen since college? Any, any, any West alum that, you know, from, from the old days that you've, you know, lost contact with or, any, anybody like that? You know, I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of the guys and actually my freshman hall is doing a reunion podcast in a couple of weeks. So, but I don't know. I think it'd probably be somebody I don't know just to okay. expand my horizon a little bit. Maybe um, one of these uh, Hollywood directors or, you know, politicians. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, yeah. We get, a, we get a lot of Coach Belichick. Yes, yes. You know, um, you know so there's been a couple of Jed Hoyers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, most say me, but I tell them not me. You know, right, uh, right. You know, you know, just right. You know. And then the worst is a lot of them say me, and then I have to tell them I didn't actually go to West. <laughs> well, there's a, you know, there's a um, Michael O'Brien, isn't he? Isn't he on my No, he he's oh, the okay. man behind the man behind the man. He's the man behind the scenes. What about what about um, Timmy O'Brien? That might be a call right there. That's his uncle. 
Is it really? Yes. Hey, Michael, you've got a great uncle. I could tell you some stories about him too, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, this has been a pleasure. We've enjoyed it. We look forward to seeing you in the fall up on top of uh, Andrews Field, hopefully for some for some live football. Yeah, definitely. I'll be right under that, that booth uh, for sure. Thanks, guys, for having me. It was a lot of fun, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk chat for an hour or so. Great to catch up. And even though I've invited you to O'Rourke's Diner, about a thousand times for breakfast, but <laughs> but next to Steve Sorkin, you are truly the busiest man in America. You are the, <laughs> Steve Sorkin has, he's got the number one spot, but you're a very close second. So uh, I'm in good company there. Yeah, for sure. Ho hopefully, hopefully if it's not, if it's not uh breakfast at O'Rourke's, it can be, uh, you know, pizza in New Haven or uh, Roseland. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, buddy. Talk to you guys. Thank Great you. Great to see you. Okay. That's going to do it for another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. We'd like to thank our guests tonight, Mark Molina, and for the producer, Mike O'Brien, and the coach, Mike Whalen. I'm Chris Grace. Until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>